Do you consider yourself normal? Then this is not the show for you. Please go somewhere else. This is WYRD. If it's getting weird, it's got to be the Weird Mountain Gals show. You're listening to Byron and Alicia, the Weird Mountain Gals. Nothing, nothing more than just the stuff we've been talking about. Everything's pretty much okay. The weather has not been too extreme. Because uh, you were not out of your house this morning at 4 o'clock. No, and you were? No, I'm lying to you. I was out at 440. Wow. And at 4.40 this morning, it was about 21 degrees here in the balmy metropolis, the Paris wow. of the South. <laughs> It was uh, it was cold. Now I know I can't complain because people north of here go, well, that's what winter is. Winter comes and it's 21 degrees if you're lucky. It's a warm day. <laughs> but oh, lousy, it was cold. Oh yeah, oh. bone chilling. So I'm not even. Should I even ask what you were doing at 4:40? I was just out and about. I had some errands that had to be run early. Oh my goodness, those are farmers' hours. Uh, they are, and I, you know, I dream of being a farmer. Do you? It's just, I'm too old to be a farmer now. You kind of are a, I mean, I you are a farmer. Well, no, not the way I want to be. But I figure if I ever get uh, anything bigger than the little old farm that we got, our little forest farm, then I'll just bring in all of the woofers that I can. Young, energetic people that I can make them some good food and they would work hard. That's yeah, that's a good idea, actually. <laughs> That's a very good idea. Well, <laughs> you know, you can, right now, you're, in my opinion, you've got so much going on, you know, and plus it's tower time. Oh, you reckon it is so tower time. Yeah. You got any advice for folks right now? Because, you know, me and you, we like to get on the, on the podcast and just jabber and, uh, but every now and then I like to tell everybody how much I appreciate them hanging out with us and, and contributing and, you know, telling us their opinions and stuff. And I know that they do look to you, Byron, quite often for advice. Well, I'm, I'm the person who coined the phrase tower time about where we are right now with all these systems collapsing. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, Again and again, I've got three or four little things that I tell people, and it'll make it a little easier if you do. I mean, one of them is to grieve globally, but work locally, because we we can't make much of a difference sometimes on a big national scale, but we can we can make a big difference close to home. Mm -hmm. So if if it's environmental stuff, if it's water purity, whatever your issue is, children, you can find a you can find an agency close to home that you can volunteer for or donate money to mm-hmm. or donate things to mm-hmm. to really be a big help. And and you'll you will make a difference to a small group like that. And where, you'll feel better too. Yeah, we're a large group. Most of us can't afford to make a huge donation, but a $25 donation to a local group, that that's 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 good. Mm-hmm. That that can be really really helpful. Yeah. The other 
the other big advice I've got for everybody is to, there's so much to be concerned about right now, is that you pick three things, just three, and anything else that goes scrolling through your newsfeed, don't look at it. Just don't look at it. Huh. And I want you to assume that somebody else feels it pa as passionately about that thing that you scroll past as you do about the things you've selected. And it could be environmental issues. It could be water quality. It can be education. It can be whatever thing is that when it rolls past on your social media feed, um, you go, no, this will not stand. And then maybe start blessing people out, Alicia. <laughs> And just stick with those three things because you can become an expert in three things. Yeah, you really can, and yeah. you can make a huge difference with three things. Yeah, you uh, can. And it, it's a hard thing to do because we want to fix everything all at once, and we just simply can't. Because what happens is people burn out, and then they get afraid, and then mm -hmm. they start locking themselves in their houses. I mean. You and I are locked in our houses already, but yeah. they lock themselves in and they don't interact with their neighbors or their friends or anybody. Right. So, well, and, and trauma will cause them to have reactions like that. People who have some trauma in their life, they, they have these anxiety reactions. And I think a lot of us have got a type of trauma that will cause us to have anxiety. I mean, we're in the middle of a pandemic. So oh, if you've got yeah. any anxiety, now's the time it's going to come out is kind of where I'm at with that. When, when you are doing good for other folks in your neighborhood and, and there's a result, there's a light at the end of the workday for you or the hours or the money or the time that you put into it, what it does is it has the effect of, it's almost like self-care. Now you can burn yeah. yourself out. You can give too much, spend too much time giving to others. And, and not taking care of yourself. And that's a whole different subject. It is, but, you know, but looking but, out for other people, even when you, you are feeling like you've not got another darn thing you can do, you can, next time you go to the post office, get some stamps if you don't have any. And when somebody you know, when their mama is sick, send them a card. Just oh, send yeah. It, it costs you almost nothing because you can get cards so cheap. Fold up a little old piece of colored paper mm -hmm. and write something in it. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. I actually think that's a very good idea. Because we, we used to be good about that. And now, you know, I'm in training to be an old lady. Uh, some people would tell you I already am, but I'm just in training. <laughs> um, and so I, I buy up cards like at the thrift store when there's like a bunch of mixed up <laughs> cards. I'll get them and. And I just always have stamps. And Do if you? I see somebody in trouble, for whatever reason, I'll just send them a card. And think about how nice it is when you get real mail. Oh, and I know it. It's not a bill and it's not, you know, something from Spectrum. God knows I get a phone call from Spectrum and three pieces of mail every damn day. Oh, my gosh. It makes it makes a big difference when somebody cares enough about you, even if all they put on the inside is, I was just thinking about you today, yep. and I love you. Yep. I totally agree. That's an awesome thing. It really is. Good for you. And I wish everybody did that still. You know, that was part of that whole thing about the management You kind of dictates that it comes from the top down. That was part of what I was thinking about 
was how we treat each other when we have messed up or are not at our best or in a customer service situation. It does, it makes such a difference to just take a little bit of time to say, hey, I'm thinking of you. We used to write a, a quick little letter to people that we had a real, who had a real issue at the hotel after they would check out, we'd write them a letter every now and then and just say, hey, we were just checking on you. It wasn't everybody that we did that for, but we did do that sometimes. And, and I think nine times out of 10, it probably was the right thing to do. But who thinks to do that anymore? Well, I, that, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. And <laughs> you know who we sound like? What? The generation above us. And they probably sound like the generation of them. And it never changes, does it? Not a darn thing changes. Uh-uh. No, like, eat your collards. I don't like collards. Eat your collards. <laughs> well, I'm always going back in my day. <laughs> I know. And I keep thinking about, you know, oh, but their grandma, their grandma back in the day. Well, I'm old enough to be a grandma. So, hello, back in the day was the hot 70s. Yeah. And I, you don't think of it that way, or I don't, but you're no. right. So, <laughs> goodness gracious. Well, and I still think, and this I'm sure is every generation's thought, I still say that my generation had the best music. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And I just can't. Th I, and, I, and here's the other thing that I say. I, I don't care for some of today's music. I just don't. <laughs> well, and I didn't care for some of our music. Uh, and, yeah. and I didn't care for some of the disco music. Um, I, I found it annoying. You know, I like to dance. And I used to do that shag dancing and disco dancing and stuff like that. And so I, it wasn't my music to play at when I was by myself driving around in a car. But if I was listening to Big Wise Radio and something came on, I probably would listen to it. And I like to dance to it. It was good. Big Wise. And remember WKSF, We Kindle Satan's Fire. <laughs> God, radio, the good old days of radio. I'm a fan of radio. As you Me know. too. I'm a big fan. <laughs> I did I did radio when I was in college. Yeah, I've done radio off and on. So and I and I enjoy most all the aspects of it. Oh, I, me too. I, I did a few seasons of working with the radio station for football, high school football. And that was a great fun. That it was. It really was. I was back at the station, you know, doing my stuff, but it was still, it was just great fun. Really, what we're doing is similar to it. If we had a little more structure, it'd be a radio show. Well, I, yeah, and it is a lot like a radio show, I think, except it's just us talking. Yeah. Well, we could that's play what music. we were hoping for was to, to kind of convey a feeling and an opinion and a concept about Weird Mountain because it's yeah. kind of a, it's a, a place that's neat enough that it should be talked about a little bit to the right group of people. Well, and we are also uh, authentic Appalachian people. Yep. And there's an awful lot of stuff. It's about Appalachia and the people are not Appalachian or they were Appalachian, you know, 85 years ago. 
and they just look down on it. We are actually Appalachian people, and I, mm-hmm. we hear again and again from people that are part of the Appalachian diaspora, as I call them, whose parents moved out of here, or grandparents moved out of the region looking for work, and they, they just want to hear they just want to hear our accents. Yeah, I've heard that quite a bit from yeah. from some our, of our friends that listen and all. Yeah. Our and, friend uh, Angela down in Florida, she said, I just like to listen to you because you sound like home. Oh, <laughs> I get that. I, I think I made that point during the last podcast, I think, is that I really miss those old Southern voices. Yeah. And the things that they used to say and the way that they were just kind of melodic. Even even the men's voices, they had just a different uh, melody to them, a different tonality to them. And I miss that. I really do. Well, they had a different way of speaking their their vowels. Oh, yeah. And consonants. Well, and consonants. <laughs> well, yeah, you're right. Okay, I should have just said they had a different way of speaking. <laughs> well, but vow- vowels are still hard. I mean, for me, the word... D-A-W-N is really hard because when I say it with my native accent, don, don is easy and it feels natural. But when I have to, when I have to, you know, code switch and be a regular American to (laughs) say don, don, don is hard to say. Yeah. Yeah. Don. Don, sounds yeah. like D-O-N. Yeah, so it doesn't sound like D-O-N, but sounds like Dawn. It has that lovely diphthong in it. And it's hard. It's still hard for me after all these years of uh, code switching for any number of reasons. Well, I love I love listening to everybody else's accent. But I'm really terrible at code switching, but I still do it without meaning to. We were having a conversation not too long ago, maybe within uh, maybe this afternoon, talking about accents from Long Island and how they said lawn, L-O-N, and then Guyland, G-U-Y-L-A-N, Guyland, Long Island. And it's like, man, I love hearing that. I do too. And it's funny hearing people like Dr. Fauci. Now he's doing a little bit of code switching too. And he's being very present and accounted for and he is talking like but man he gets agitated and he sounds just like where he's from in new york exactly <laughs> like it and you think uh-oh somebody's pissed fauci oh, yeah. Yeah. Or, or dr fauci's really tired right now because he sounds like he just came from flatbush oh, oh no <laughs> and we all do that i'm sure you know, I hadn't thought of that, but you're right. I have noticed that he was tired a couple of times. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, I would and, be, too. <laughs> and when he's being very firm with us and very stern as our healthcare person. He speaks very formally, and he there's no trace of that New York in there at all. It's pretty straight. Yeah. But, man, boy, get him ticked off, and you just think, uh-uh. <laughs> Somebody's messed with that little Italian New Yorker. Who knows what's going to happen next? I know. And there have been a couple of times when he was talking and I was wondering, is this the time he's going to pop, you know? <laughs> is the time he's going to break loose and let us all know? Can you hear him? If he, Can you imagine if he just was saying what was on his mind? 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> He'd be in the gulag by a gulag by now, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it'd be funny though. Uh, we need to ask SNL to do that skit sometime. Well, I'd love to see him stand up to the president sometime and just like poke him in the chest and give him the full New York Italian treatment. <laughs> One New Yorker to another. I'm going to go back to home, home folks and yeah. say this. The other thing that I miss is the speed at which people used to talk, which was slow. Yes. So everything, it wasn't languid because of the heat, because it never was terribly hot here, but there was this sense of just falling in to the time of, of family and of tales and of old histories, and they would slow down. It was this kind of gracious speed at which they would tell these stories that you already knew. But you just you wanted to hear them one more time, one more time. And there was they didn't rush it because they would thought you would get bored. They just kept this lovely, luscious kind of rich pacing. Yeah. And I miss that because people talk so fast now. And I do too. Mm-hmm. Well, in my generation, they were mostly speeded up some. They spoke about the same cadence as uh, the folks in Mayberry, okay? But but I did have a couple of, of kinfolk that were of an older generation that I remember going to go see my Aunt Rose, and she was really my great Aunt Rose. Mm-hmm. And um, so we would go and go to her living room and sit down in the living room. And just thinking about it makes me start to speak slower. Mm-hmm. Because she was very, she would speak in a, a soft tone and it was very measured. And uh, I think it had something to do with maybe she was partially deaf or maybe that's just the way it was, you know, because she wasn't, I don't think I ever saw a television in her house. I don't know that she was a person who had to be distracted and maybe she just had the slow measured speech. But I remember that now that you say that. Well, and I wonder because my my aunt Fat, they called her, though she wasn't fat when I knew her, Hattie, she, she must have died when I was, I don't know, 10 years old or something. But I remember that's the way she was. She'd sit at one of those, she had one of those old dinette tables. Yeah. She would sit at the table and she would tell stories at about this speed. And they would just be such amazing, beautiful stories. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, that just brings brings it back. And even the ones who spoke a little faster than that, they would take their sweet time telling the story. You know, they didn't rush through things. Mm-mm, they you did know. not. We took time to fill in the details and just have the pauses every now and then because Southern people do tend to talk, but they also can appreciate the quiet. You get around the right group of Southerners anyway. Yes. I remember um, when I was a kid and the 
you know, the antis and everybody be on the porch smoking cigarettes and drinking sweet tea and the, yeah. and drinking beer and all that stuff. And the kids would be running around in the yard, catching lightning bugs and poking each other and smacking each other, you know, all that, getting ticked, yeah. all that stuff we did. Oh, yeah. But there would come a point where we would just, we were wore out. And we would go and sit on the, like the end of the porch or sit in the grass where we could hear and just listen to them. Mm-hmm. And the sound of their voices sort of rolling over us like <laughs> summer clouds. That was just beautiful. I remember that to this day. Mm, that's a beautiful memory. I was thinking the other day about the carport because my grandparents' house didn't have a porch. It had a carport instead. And it was an open one. It had a roof, but it really didn't have much in the way of walls. And it had, you know, it was concrete. And that's where we would gather and get the vegetables ready when they came out of the garden. And that's where there was a picnic table there. All the women would sit around and smoke cigarettes. And that's where the kids would go and eat lunch. And that's where a lot of stuff happened. And I was thinking about those times, like when the green beans would come in, we'd all get a bushel basket each and we'd have uh, one empty basket and one full of beans. And then we'd have a smaller trash can and we, and a knife. <laughs> and that's how we did our beans. And that's pretty, cause we, and I think most every, I think they were half of them would can the beans and half of them would freeze the beans. Mm-hmm. But we all were, we did the same thing when it came to stringing the beans. We would string them and pop them and we would use a little sharp knife and just push it, push it through the, the top of the bean to string it and then use our fingers to do the popping. Is that how you did it? Well, we, we didn't use a knife. We, all, we must have tough thumbnails because we'd pop the stem end of the bean to string it yeah but, but we would have we'd have like a round wash bowl that we broke the beans into and i remember one that was kind of dinged up and it must have been i'm guessing aluminum yeah and so you'd you'd break the beans and you'd leave them the strings went into your lap the beans uh-huh. went into the bowl and then you would stand up and knock the beans into the floor and then you sweep know everybody sweep that up and mm-hmm. i remember um god when you said smoking always there was an ashtray with a cigarette parked in it a yep, full always with a cigarette parked in it and periodically we'd have to go uh empty they'd send the young uns to empty the ashtray <laughs> honey would you empty this ashtray for me please <laughs> And uh, if it was summer, if it was summertime, which it was when we were talking time that we're talking about anyway, we would have that nest tea, powdered tea. <laughs> and that was the smooth. That was it for us. Yeah, no. We love that stuff. <laughs> we had um, my my Aunt Irene, who was my grandmother's elder sister. Yeah. She she made the kind of iced tea that 
set set your teeth on edge. Oh well. And that was the preferred tea in our family. And we all at an early age learned how to make Aunt Irene's sweet tea. Wow. I made it for um for my daughter's boyfriend when he was here for Thanksgiving. Did you? Uh, yeah, because I asked them what they wanted to drink while they were here so I could get it. And she said, Well, he really loves he loves sweet he loves iced tea. And I said, Well, sweet tea or plain tea? And she said, Oh, sweet tea. And I thought, oh boy. <laughs> I made that tea in years because we don't we don't drink tea that sweet. Yeah. Was it was it as good as you remember? It was, and he was like, "Oh, this is just how I remember when I was a kid." Oh my God, so much sugar! Oh. But we were really into the '70s lifestyle, evidently, because we did the nest tea, we did the General Foods International coffee powder. Oh my God, how fancy! <laughs> well, now I drank regular brewed brewed coffee the kids drank the brewed coffee but my grandma really liked that general foods international coffee and uh what was the other oh we did the uh do you remember <laughs> there was a dessert and i i want to say it was called jello one two three. Oh my gosh and it made three levels yes <laughs> so it was like jello on the bottom and like a mixture in the, in the middle and then cool whip on top <laughs> looking <laughs> oh my golly they don't still make that do they i don't know it'd be worth checking into just to see oh my but is God. that what it was called i think that's what it was called i believe that's what it was called yellow this, one two three this time of year i'm looking through all these old recipe books oh yeah it's so fun to look at these things and go whoa now that seems nasty. <laughs> what the hell were we thinking? Those jello molds with all that, you know, like olives and fish and, and jello in a mold. It's okay unless it's that green jello. It's then it's like, why, why did you do that to my eyes? Now you know? you know you know me and you know that I'll eat anything, but that's the one one of the few things I won't eat is jello. I don't like the texture. Oh, yeah, well, you know what the original Jell-O was. Yes, ma'am. So I do indeed. Got a lot to do, most likely, with your opinion of it. And Jell-O, by the way, is was an old-fashioned, I don't know if people still do it or not, but women who had problems growing fingernails would go to the grocery store and buy gelatin capsules. Knox gelatin. My grandmother did it, and I did it for a while. I've still got some Knox, oh, Knox gelatin here. You remember what the lo the slogan was? Knox for nails. Knox for nails. <laughs> well, because my hair started getting thin, and I thought, well, I'm going to start doing Knox gelatin. And it yeah. did help, it, and my hair looked really, really good. I put it in tomato juice. It was good. They stopped making Jell-O one, two, three in 1996. Oh, wow. But there's all kinds of copycat recipes on the interweb. Oh, no. So you can we make something try. just like it. <laughs> we Why you want to, I don't know. <laughs> it's the 70s thing. 70, it's hard for me to believe that 70s were, you know, 50 years ago. But... So in a weird way, it does feel that way. But the 70s modern of the time is just so funny now to look back on it, especially with our fashion sense. 
So what the heck were we thinking with some of these strange collars that we had? And honestly, bell-bottom pants were really not very practical, no matter whether you were from the country or the city. No, but they're so wonderful looking. I like them. I like the way that they look, too. I don't know if that's because of my age, though. But, <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, I guess. But, but I remember those awful shirts that the boys wore in the 70s and 80s. What those do you mean? polyester ones that had bright designs of uh, who knows <laughs> Did they? Are you talking about the ones that had that were like silky, and yeah. they had the big long collars and they yes. buttoned up the front? Yes, and, and they the, were made out of some kind of sleazy polyester. Oh yeah, and do not touch a never oh, touch iron oh, to. Oh, nasty, nasty! Have you ever touched an iron to something like that? No, ma'am. It it turned into liquid. The one uh, time I did. I imagine. So I should have known that it was going to do that. I don't know what I was thinking. But, but I'm going to say this, and people won't fight me on it. They can. A man looks better with a lot of hair. Well, like those hairdos in the 70s that the men had, I don't care that they were feathered. I don't care any of that. I love a man with a big old head of hair. Well, yeah. Hair. That's the thing, though. You get to say that, don't you? I mean, because it's what they call an opinion. <laughs> uh, I do have a few of those. Yes. Um, I feel like it depends on the man. So, but I've always, I'm used to guys that have hair. I don't think, I don't think men should be shaving, you know, shaving their bodies any more than I think women should be shaving their bodies unless they just want to. And then whatever works for them is cool. And I've got friends who, um, who shave their heads and they are just as sexy as they can be. But I just like a head of hair. Yeah. I, I like to look at Brian it, it, May. You to run your fingers through, huh? Oh my God. Brian May. Brian what a May. guitar player and what a head of hair. And he still has that damn head of hair. I mean, nobody can deny his talent on the guitar. I'm sorry. No matter whether you like the genre of music or not, you can't deny his level of talent. Oh my but, God. Uh, his his brain, I mean, he just is one of the great thinkers. If you if you've ever listened to him in any of these interviews that he does, that where he gets off the subject of music, he's a fascinating person. Oh my gosh, yeah, he's a he's a physicist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So under, underneath that big old mop of curly hair is a great big active brain. <laughs> we, great we send out our love and healing to him. Yes, we do. Back <laughs> to that yummy, yummy man. Hey everybody, it's Gomez the Yard Man. This is the time of year I love to curl up by the fire with a good book, some eggnog, and a nice ghost story. Thanks to our listener, Ilza Plaisant, for supplying us with a good old-fashioned holiday spirit-filled sale. Keep them coming, won't you? Ho, 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 ho. Hey, how are you? Hey! This is Ilsa. This is Ilsa Plaisant. Nice to talk to everybody. So you don't say plaisance, you say plaisance. <laughs> so 
I got a hold of you because you had kind of sent us a recording that had a, just a cool story. And I was going to ask you if you could tell that story. I'd love to. The Plaisance comes from my husband, Mr. Joe Plaisance. And when I married him, his grandmother, uh, Muriel Plaisance, was still alive. Mm -hmm. And we all called her Mom Merle. Uh, about um, a year and a half into our marriage, we moved out here to um, the property in, in Longwood, where, uh, which is her property. And we had about three really good years with, with Mama Merle. And she fell close to her birthday and uh, fractured a hip. Okay. And she ended up in the hospital for 13 days. Right. And some of it she was coherent and some of it she wasn't. I was working as dog groomer at the time and they called me on Friday night, a Friday afternoon. And they said, you need to get up here now. She's dying. Mm. And I got in the car and I drove it as absolutely fast as I could possibly drive it without getting caught. Got to the hospital part, got in the elevator and it struck me. And I said, she's dead. Uh. It was like all of the, all of the wind had been taken out of my, out of my air, out of my lungs. And I got to the room and my husband stood there crying and um, I looked at him and I said, how long? And they said uh, about five minutes. He was in the room and his parents were in the room and my parents were in the room. And uh, they had problems trying to keep her blood pressure up with her pain being so high. And she was she had been on dialysis for some years. Mm -hmm. Everybody kind of cried for a few minutes and. Then the nurse asked us all to leave so that they could remove all the tubes and the hoses and everything. And we went to go try to get her priest on the phone so he could come up and do his thing. We went back in. And when I went back in, I was just learning that I could speak to the dead about that time. And I saw something in the corner with my third eye. It was gold and white, as pretty and as ribbony as a angel on a Christmas tree hmm. and I kind of looked at it and within a few minutes I started hearing hey hey what's going on just as loud in my head as possible I'm trying to keep my face composed I'm trying to you know agree with everybody's Christian wishes here and doing the prayer stood off to the stood off a little bit to the side while we were all gathered around her and I'm still hearing, hey, somebody talk to me. So everybody did their little thing and said goodbye. And they kind of walked out. And I said, look, Jay and I need a few minutes with Mom Merle. And so I closed the door. Yeah. And she's still just screaming in my head. And I looked up at the corner and I said, I said, Mom Merle, I said, you, you've passed on. Well, why the hell didn't anybody tell me? And I said, well, Mom Merle, they don't know I can see you. They don't know I can hear you. Oh, well, what do I do now? And I said, well, according to everything I understand, in about five minutes or so, you ought to see a bright light, and that's where you're supposed to go. And I said, we'll sit with you till then. <laughs> and so we sat and chatted about her and talked to her and you know gave her kisses and you know things like that you do yeah and finally we saw I saw the light and she went toward it and she was quiet 
She mm-hmm. died on a Friday, and on Monday was her wake. Yeah. I had just I had just come to the faith not not long before, and um, my high priestess at the time I asked her I said Would you please please come to the funeral with me and sit with me because I'm terrified I don't know that I can make it through this. Okay. And so she came and she sat beside me and I held her hand the whole time, and then Mama Merle decided she's gonna talk to me. Oh, okay. But Jay and I are the only living blood relations that she had left at that point so it failed us to host the wake and you know be gracious and meet and greet with everybody yeah and i'm hearing mom Merle in my head going i can't believe she showed up <laughs> and this one's like oh my god i ain't seen her in a coon's age and she literally grabbed mom Merle literally grabbed my body and made me hug people what and i'm like I'm like, you're going to have to quit this, okay? I I need control here. (laughs) But I went up and I just hugged strangers. I'm like, it's so good to see you. I hadn't seen you in so long. And every now and then I get out here. I can't believe she showed. I didn't even like her. I didn't like her then, and I don't like her now. That's incredible. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe she gained weight. Look at that. Mm. But. It was it was kind of an interesting experience. And finally, I had to go to the bathroom and I, I had to shut the door and just talk to her. And I said, you got to be quiet. I said, I'm going to have a mental breakdown. I said, <laughs> I cannot have you in my head the entire time I'm doing this. You have got to tone it down. And she did. And she toned it down. And we were able to get through the rest of the wake and, and eventually uh, bury her and everything. But that was kind of my, my baptism by fire of, of wow. with the dead. She has now been dead 12 and a half years. She is still here on the property. She tells talks to us regularly. Of course, her picture is among my ancestors and we venerate her. Oh, yeah. And we make the dishes that she made. And there's probably not a day that goes by that we don't talk about her. Wow. That's interesting. She's still in your life, see? Oh, yeah. She never left. And and I've been to the graveyard. She's not there. She's in her house. That's what in in her house and in my house. Yeah. I mean, why would a dead person want to hang out in the graveyard? That's why I've never understood that whole thing. And when we rented her house, we rented it out for for several years. I explained to people, I'm like, you're going to have to understand that the house is (laughs) haunted. <laughs> we can call that a feature on VRBO and charge a lot more for Hey, thank you for spending your time with us here at Weird Mountain Gals. We sure do appreciate it. You know, I know time is the most important thing we have, so I promise that if you take your time to listen to us, we'll take our time to continue to be weird. Thanks to Sunslice Records for all the help. We couldn't do it without you, Craig. Check out our social media for information, community, or a few laughs. WYRD Mountain Gals.